In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. And welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Aaron, And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 75, X's and O's. X's. <laughs> I want to sing it so bad. Can I tell you a funny fact about this song? Bye. Can I first describe what you were just doing? There? Oh you were head. like bobbing mm. your head mm. and you had some shoulder movements. Yeah. And you know, like nobody can see you except me. So no. I just wanted to convey that to our listeners. No. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it's song by Ellie King. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I just want to point out. My personal connection to the song oh. is that it's one of Mason's favorites. For is some it reason. really? Yeah. He insists that it's on his playlist. Oh, he loves it. Sings it all the time. That little boy continues to delight and amaze. I know. Such yeah. a weird. Mm-hmm. And then I did not realize that she is Rob Schneider's daughter. What? Yes. Isn't that insane? Rob Schneider's daughter. SNL Rob, Rob Schneider, Schneider from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Wow. Also, so I picked it this week, X's and O's, because we're talking about either X's that won't stay out of your lives Mm -hmm. or women flipping the script, women being in control. Mm -hmm. And I love this song because I, she admittedly, when she wrote the song, says it's about X's. Like those are actual X's that are in the song, which is wonderful. But if you look it up online, any news about it, and you read the comments, it's everything you need to see illustrated about society really it's a like whole bunch so? of men saying things like obviously she hates men i don't even know why anyone likes this song it's very problematic yet you took to the interweb sir mm-hmm. and you had to state your case mm-hmm. i bet there's plenty of women out there that um have jettisoned you with delight yeah yeah to which she has just replied like yeah i mean i wrote a song about my exes and i made a ton of money and so there That's it is. Fantastic! It's so good. I didn't remember the song, so I had to look up the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as I was reading them, I'm like, this is, there's a lot to work with here. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff. And it just stays in your head. Yeah. I have to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we also just take a moment to acknowledge like one of the biggest, you know, flipping the gender script that happened this week? Yeah. We got a new vice president elect. We sure do. And man, it makes me happy. Woo. It gives me chills. It does. I don't want to talk about it too much because I might cry again. I know. And I like you and I have talked about we spent probably a couple hours today debriefing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it still doesn't feel quite real. No, it doesn't. And I'm afraid by saying it in our podcast, we've jinxed it. I know. I thought about that. Yeah. But I think we're far enough along now I that sure no one so. wants to go backwards. I sure hope so. I mean, I hope. Yeah. I really, really hope. And the good news is that this means that we get Jim Carrey and my Rudolph on Saturday God Night damn Live. Damn, we for- do. Many, many years to come. I just want to hear Maya Rudolph saying funt yeah. again and again. <laughs> right? I'm a cool aunt, a fun aunt, a funt. <laughs> I also think that it's important that we talk about another thing that happened this week. Oh. 
And that is, we got to see the cover of your oh, book. Oh, I was like, where are we going with this? <laughs> like, what else happened this week? I gotta remember. This week has felt so long it has. that that felt like a year ago. No, if you didn't notice it on our social media, mm-hmm. you should go back and check it out. But mm-hmm. Amy's book that's coming out in the fall of 2021 yes. has a cover. Yes, it does. Which is kind of like, you know... A big deal. Yeah. And our friend Heath, who appeared on this uh, mm-hmm. podcast a couple episodes ago, he wrote me and he said, I can't wait to find out why there's a wolf with heels and a shovel in her hand, <laughs> but I'll wait until the book comes out. And I said, that's a good friend. Yeah, that is yeah. a good friend. Mm-hmm. He He's noticed gonna, all the details. All the details. The cover is amazing. Can we just say that? <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, if you have not seen it, uh, we've posted it on our social mm-hmm. and, or you can go to my website. I'm revealing my last name. My full name, amyleelillard.com. And you can subscribe and then you'll get all the news. You sure can. About the book and when other writings are appearing. Yes. And I can say as a personal friend that I've read a few things that are mm-hmm, in there mm-hmm. and it's worth it. Mm-hmm. So we'll Thank let you. you know when the pre-order starts. It's yes. not yet. We just got the cover, but. If, yeah. And we're there's exciting. going to be a lot of stuff over the next year and Broads and yes. Books listeners will get lots of uh, yes. opportunities for giveaways and all sorts of stuff. So thank you for being listeners and Aaron thank you because not only <laughs> did you <laughs> be a good friend and support me you also sent me a care package mm. I opened up a big old target box on Tuesday or Wednesday to find several Reese's Pieces packages an industrial size peanut butter pretzel multiple bags of monster trail mix <laughs> mm-hmm. and a couple cups with covers because Ziggy the podcat keeps overturning my water. Yes. And I couldn't think of anything worse than having a fresh, delicious coffee all over your keyboard. <laughs> exactly. That's the worst. It is the worst. Especially when you're in the middle of edits or trying to get something important done. It's true. So, so man, this was kind of a good week. It Have we said week. that in 2020? I'm scared to. I'm scared to as well. Huh. Maybe we're forgetting something. I think maybe what we should look at it as is like, it's still a dumpster fire. Yes, it is. We're just like, we found a comfortable spot in the corner of the dumpster Mm -hmm. where the fire isn't now singeing our eyebrows. It still is threatening. Yes. Like we haven't gotten out. We're wrecking. We're caught in the dumpster. It's not going anywhere. (laughs) But... It's not as engulfing yeah. as it was. Yeah. We've we've managed to get... I'm not saying it's not going to get out of control again. No, but we can see a little bit of bright sky yes. above us. Yes. It's been open. They dumped it. We didn't fall out, <laughs> but it's open now. So we see a way out. Yeah. We see So that if you're feeling that too, it. listeners, that's where we're at. That is where we're at. Mm-hmm. So obviously this week we're going to be talking about some exes. Yeah, we're going to we be talking about women taking control, which sure just are. feels so great. So great. Amy, do you think that men, this seems really pertinent right now, Mm -hmm. do you think men or women take rejection (laughs) better? And do you think that lines up with what society wants us to believe? It's almost like there's a really public case of this going on right now. Yeah, I was trying to think if we have a good example. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very illustrative of what I was going to say, which is that men do not take rejection well. And I'm speaking mostly about heterosexual men Mm -hmm. uh, in relationships with women. I don't think that they can handle rejection very well. And I have a few pieces of evidence for this. Oh, good, good, Number one, um, shootings. How many mass... How many mass shootings have we found some asshole is blaming like, you know, oh, my, you know, she broke my heart. So I had to go mm. kill everyone in her office. Or okay. my mother was crazy. Exactly. That a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, evidence number two, revenge porn. We have talked about oh, that a lot. Yeah. We read that book, Nobody's Victim That's by Carrie true. Goldberg. Mm-hmm. There is an epidemic of men, once they get rejected, sharing some very, very private material mm-hmm. of their former ladies mm-hmm. with the world. Mm-hmm. Just That's to really, one. you know, F them over. Um, and my third one is, I mean, this is getting dark, but, you know, domestic abuse and domestic uh, deaths. Yeah, it's It's often a case of, you know, men not taking rejection very well i think generally though i mean obviously those are the big you know right, right, very, right. yeah yeah very drastic mm-hmm. cases of that but I, I think that you know men have often not heterosexual men have not often been taught to that women have agency mm-hmm. that we have a right to our choices to our decisions that we have um lives that are outside of their purview and so i i don't think that you know They've been taught Mm -hmm. to take rejection, especially from women, very well. Mm -hmm. And even the smaller cases, just a harassing text or a little bit of meanness, a little bit of digging. Yes. That's every single relationship that I can think of. Mm 
that do you think that lines up with what society wants people to believe about rejection isn't that great Mm -hmm. yeah i think that what we're painted is if we don't take rejection very well Mm -hmm. we're the crazy bitches Mm -hmm. but the men that are acting like toddlers it's -hmm. all fine Mm -hmm. that's normal yeah what do you think same. Yeah, yeah, I agreed with everything you said. Yeah, I think that society wants us to believe that women are the crazy emotional ones, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of evidence to the contrary. Yeah. Well, and what do you think? Like, there's a popular saying, right? That mm-hmm. hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Do you think it's accurate? No, I've never liked that phrase because mm-hmm. I think if you're expecting a flower and you get a cactus, you're going to have to find a reason that that isn't, doesn't work. And the easiest thing to do is to say, well, she, I pissed her off. So this is how crazy she got. No. No, that's not the case. I mm-hmm. can have feelings about a lot of things and it doesn't even mean I've been wronged. It means I might have a strong opinion or maybe I am wronged, but that doesn't mean, A, that I'm going to be the craziest person you've ever met, mm-hmm. but it also doesn't mean I'm not going to be. No. I reserve the right to react in every situation. I sure do. And I would disagree and say that there's layers of hell that women can't even touch <laughs> compared to men. So Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I really like that uh, new saying that you said that if you're expecting a flower and you get a cactus, you know, you got to find a reason why. Yeah, find a reason why. And it's not going to be your own fault. Is that the title of your autobiography? Like, <laughs> you're expecting a flower, you got a cactus. Yes, it is. <laughs> For sure. You're expecting a flower and you get a cactus. Aaron's story. You've met me. <laughs> That also could be a Real Housewives tagline, couldn't it? Yeah. Mm. That could be. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. If you were going to go back in time. So a lot of this we're talking about kind of has to do with breaking up, it seems like. Mm-hmm. That's when emotions seem to get the, the highest, yeah. the height. Yeah. If you were going to go back in time to a breakup or bad relationship moment, what would you do differently? Well, we've gone on record with the fact with especially smaller relationships, I ghost. I just get the yes. hell out. And I stand by that decision. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, the, with the bigger relationships, the mm-hmm. longer lasting relationships, I I do wish that I could go back and say my piece a little mm. bit. Because mm-hmm. in many cases, I've sacrificed the, the desire and the need to just get out. Right. Doing that instead of saying my piece. Mm-hmm. But I also know that I get so flustered mm-hmm. <laughs> that I would need to... If I go back in time and have mm-hmm. my pe- say my piece, which I will find a way to do, mm-hmm. I will bring a nicely typed letter and I will read from that letter so that I get to say everything I want yes. and to let them know how they suck. Yes. I also admit how I suck, but also how you mostly suck. Yeah. That, I don't think that t- is the time for you. If you can admit that to yourself and move on in other yes. relationships and make it better, that's fine. That's yeah. not the time. This is the time to say why you suck. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that um, Zach, one of my children, yeah. ha- shares your philosophy of ghosting. Mm. And his is that he feels like, to quote him, ghosting requires a lot more patience, but it cuts a lot deeper. Ooh. Yeah. And I'm like, that's... Zach's yeah. my man. He's mainly referring to like if someone's trying to get at you, you know, like you're getting Absolutely. Texas that you... Texas? Te- te- you're getting uh, Texas. You're getting you. the state of Texas? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you're getting texts. Texts from Texas? Yeah. yeah texts okay. from Texas. And okay. you're like, I don't want any of this, malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like how you're handling things, Texas. Yeah. Then you just ghost it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. It, there is value. Especially if you've got an unreasonable person on your hands Mm -hmm. which is why honestly for many reasons i did ghost because i'm like there's nothing i can say here that's going to make this better most of the time those people aren't going to listen to what you have to say anyway and they're not going to agree with you so it's like why would i waste my time no and by that point even after just a first date or something i get a real read on someone i'm like oh they're not going to take rejection well we're going to ghost this shit yeah yeah that's a good decision Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you know this started from a song Mm -hmm. so aaron Mm -hmm. if someone were to write a song about you would you be upset no I don't think I would. Hmm. Number one, I would just not tell anyone. Mm. I mean, oh, well, unless yeah. they outed unless they me. Say your yeah, full name. unless they yeah. outed mm-hmm. me. But I don't. I guess I just feel like it's all fair game. Like I'm going to talk about you. So yeah. I guess if you have the ability to make a bunch of money off me, congratulations. Like yeah. I can't really be mad at you. Yeah. I can't be mad. I mean, I guess yeah. the hate the player, don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I can't be but mad. It's true that you because then you, that I mean, into- think about you know if you're going to write about something like yeah. that or yeah. you're going to yeah. I mean, it's it's all fair game mm-hmm. yeah. because what I'm doing at the end of that relationship is I'm taking part of you 
And I'm thinking about that and I'm making myself better for the next person. So mm. in a way, I'm using you too, just yeah. in a, you know, productive. But and you're not who, making money I mean, that. sorry, even if it's bad. Somebody wrote a song about me, so. That means you you had some impact. And also, why are you still thinking about me? <sighs> why are you so obsessed with me? I mean, you got some things to work out. <laughs> I didn't even know that song was about me because I'm not tracking you. <laughs> Clearly you are. Glad I blocked you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Things got Relationships. weird. Relationships. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> Not all relationships. No. You know, another thing we should note is that we celebrated our four-year friendversary. <laughs> Speaking of That's good right. relationships, that was also this week. Yes. Holy shit. That's this crazy. This has been a week. This has been a week. And we remembered that because four years ago, we met at the writers' conference that we've talked about mm-hmm. right before the 2016 election. We sure did. Yeah. And we shared a common interest of hating people that can't listen. Exactly. And people that insist on eating chips during a presentation. It's the weirdest choice. The weirdest choice. One of the weirdest choices. So weird. Just I still don't get it. No. It's but weirder hey. than the person who always sat next to me in a college lecture and ate apple cinnamon Cheerios out of a box. That and I mean is, daily. That's, that's that was still right. weirder. That's not right. No. It's just... It, it, it takes two seconds. If you didn't think about it before you got the chips and you sat down and you reached in, you'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, that was a bad decision because mm-hmm. I can't be crinkling and eating these chips. Mm-hmm. I'll wait. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, that was not what uh, the people that brought us together thought of. No, I love that our friendship is based on a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> I always take the idea like it's based on a mutual just disgust of other people. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it really is. Uh-huh. That's true. Mm-hmm. Kindred spirit. <laughs> Well, like you said, we're talking about uh, exes. We're talking about women flipping the gender scripts, often flipping in those situations. Like flipping so, a table in Real Housewives, oh, just yeah. over. Flipping that table. Mm-hmm. So fiction pick. Ooh. I've got a book called Feast Your Eyes by Myla Goldberg, and this is from 2019. Mm. And the first thing to note about this book is the format. It's so unique and cool. It's framed as sort of a career retrospective of a photographer. Oh. And like one of those catalogs that you might get from visiting that art center or that museum oh. and reading almost sort of an oral history of this. So we have descriptions of photos that you know don't exist, but they feel very real. Um, and we've got notes that sort of tell the story of the photographer all from the perspective of the photographer's daughter. Wow. And she has some very conflicted feelings about her mother. Mm. So that's the setup for this. So the photographer herself, her name is Lillian Preston, who is a young girl in the 1950s. She discovers she has a passion for photography. And she's always sort of felt different from other people. And after high school, she, you know, her parents are pushing her to go to college, find her husband. And she's like, no, I want to, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to find my path. I'm going to take photos. And she does just that. And along the way, she has a brief sexual relationship and has a daughter, Samantha. And when Samantha is young, Lillian takes photos of her in a very innocent way, but she's half clothed. Mm. And because this is the time frame that it is, when these photos are exhibited in a small gallery, uh, Lillian, the photographer, is arrested for obscenity. <gasps> From then on, she is known as that pervert mom who posted you know, photos oh. of her half-clothed daughter. And Samantha, as the young girl, is known for all the things she doesn't want to be. Oh. Yeah. So... It's a fantastic story. It goes from there. It details, you know, their relationship over time, how they become estranged, what happens to Lillian, all that kind of stuff. I chose it for this theme, though, because I think Lillian, she's just doing what a guy would do without judgment. She is driven by her passion, even when it keeps them kind of poor. Like, Mm -hmm. she's not making a lot of money from this, and especially when she is stigmatized by the work that she's doing. She prioritizes her work above everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also, relationship-wise, she's a real love them or leave them type. Mm-hmm. She likes to ghost. I got behind that. Yeah. Um, but because this is 1950s, 1960s America, and women are supposed to be wives and mothers above anything else, she is targeted so much more viciously mm-hmm. because of that. And her daughter has to grapple with that as she grows up. So I, like I said, I love the format. It's so cool. And it gives sort of inside perspective on what her mother was doing and thinking in key, in key photos, but also the impact of that over time. Uh-huh. I love that it's describing non-existent photos, but you just get it. Like you can That's picture amazing. it. I know. It's so incredible. Um, it also includes letters and journals from Lillian herself. Oh. Um, and then you get to see Samantha's reactions to these. Um 
I love the theme. I love the structure. I love that there's a sort of punk element because there's a late 1970s punk performer who remembers these photos of Samantha and names her band after them and then connects with Samantha to make this catalog book. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it's a really great story about the ways that we're judged differently, how hard it can be to overcome, why we must do it. And yeah, it's just a, it's an incredible read that by the, there's so many times within it, I want to look up the photos Mm -hmm. that are being talked about and they're, you know, they're not real. They're not real. Yeah. And that's just an incredible experience. I remember you saying that about Daisy Jones and the Six, like wanting to look up the music that is being written about. And that's how well she writes about this and how fully she creates that world that's awesome yeah that's very cool and even in when you were describing it for a minute i was like oh no we're on our fiction yes because i was thinking oh i want to see exactly (laughs) that's what a cool idea though such a cool concept for a book yeah you know i love out of the box stuff like that so great especially when it's done successfully Mm -hmm. well i brought uh the wife by Meg Wolitzer. Hmm. This was published in 2003. Um, there was a movie that was based on it later on with Glenn Close that she won some awards for. Oh. But this story is the story of Joan and Joseph. And this story will probably be familiar to lots of people in long-term relationships, oh, particularly boy. ones that started in the 1950s. So Joseph is a very accomplished and esteemed writer. And Joan, when they met, um, younger than him, and she put her whole career and dreams on hold. She was also a, is and is a very, very good writer. But she gave up everything to support him, for them to have a family, Ugh. for them to move, for him to be able to achieve all of these things. So the book is telling the story of this marriage that's set against the backdrop of a large literary award that they're traveling to. He's been nominated. They kind of both know that he's not going to win, but they have to travel there. So uh-huh. they're going on this trip, and we're but in the backdrop, we're seeing their whole relationship play out because... Jones decided she's done. She's trying to find the time to leave him. So, and by going backwards, we're finding out all the reasons why, about all the ways she's been sort of disrespected by society because she took this lesser role, disrespected by him, all the things she's put up with, but then she didn't want to leave because she felt like, what does that mean for the sacrifice I made for so long? If I leave, what was it for? Yeah, what was it all for? So there's... A criticism that came out with this book, um, and I, I'm purposely not going to say much more because there's some twists in there and some okay. stuff that really is you need to read and is very impactful, I think. And mm. to be honest with you, we know this story, right? For sure. And the story is old as time. Yes, absolutely. Mm. And so I, I picked it for this partially because I think that... Um, Joan at the end has decided to flip the script and take control. She's done. Like, this isn't working for me anymore. And that's kind of unheard of mm-hmm. and, and definitely unheard of between the two of them. I like the fact, too, that it's an example of a woman taking back some power mm-hmm. or at least not settling for having none anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, she wants a voice. She wants to have some of her own agency. And stepping out from his shadow means she gets to live as a full person. But also, there's going to be the fact that she's always tied to him. So it's kind of an ex that never leaves type thing. When this book came out, there was some criticism that the characters were like overdone. Like Joan's almost too submissive and Joseph is too far the other way. Like like the author is trying to force us to not like him. And... Honestly, I I strongly disagree. I think that they're entirely believable depending on the place that you come from. If you understand that this is a common thing that happens or you have examples, I think you can get there rather easily. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's it's a good example of talking about likable characters again. I don't think that everything is so black and white. Like it's all he's terrible. It's all she's great Mm -hmm. or vice versa. It's just a story of a marriage and what decisions happened in that marriage, which anyone that's been in a long-term relationship knows there are decisions that someone from the outside would say, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. But that's, they're not in it. They don't know. Um, This passage though, I think just sums up the whole crux Mm. of this book. Everyone knows how women soldier on, how women dream up blueprints, recipes, ideas for a better world, and then sometimes lose them on the way to the crib in the middle of the night, on the way to the stop and shop or the bath. They lose them on the way to greasing the path on which their husband and children will ride serenely through life. Holy shit. I mean, read the book just for that passage. Oh my God. Yeah. So great. That's fantastic. And the ending is a real flipperoo. So. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember seeing ads for that movie now, Glenn mm-hmm. Close, and I think Jonathan Price, perhaps. It was pretty mm-hmm. recent. Did you ever see the movie? I didn't, okay. no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now, yeah, I didn't know it was based on a book. I think I'll read the book. Yeah. So that sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's And she's written a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a very accomplished writer, but I also just think that for a female writer to put this out there, there's mm. a lot being said about particularly in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, even through today, the modern literary landscape can sometimes look very male and very, very white. Much so, yeah. So, and they the path has been greased mm-hmm. by the women mm-hmm. behind them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That was perfect for this theme. Yeah, it's very yeah. it's a terrific read. Yes. I really liked it. Oh. Although it would be pretty cool to see Glenn Close in that situation. Yeah, I've heard that the movie is phenomenal. And a lot of people that really liked the book said they liked the movie too. So I I think it's, and she, I'm pretty, I don't know if she won, but I remember that she was nominated for a lot of awards based on that. And badass. Some of the book I could see playing out on the screen really well. Some Uh of that in-depth push and pull, those conversations, you know, some of that dialogue would play out great, I think, on the screen. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I have a decision to make now. Yeah. Book or movie. Or which one first. I know. I know. It's but, you know it's a real toss up. Yeah. There's too I yeah, I don't know. It's too much right now. It's I can't much. handle you don't, it. You don't have to make a decision right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're in the dumpster in the back. We're just trying not to get burned. I'm just trying to survive. And if you're not getting burned, that's all you gotta worry that's about. That's all I'm worried about right now. Is we're not else getting is burned fall into at this place. moment. At yeah. this moment, my feet are not on fire. I see that sliver of sky mm-hmm. and it's gonna get bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got my eyebrows. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, nonfiction wise, I have a book. Uh, It's a memoir. Mm -hmm. It's called Close, 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 Music, 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 Boys, Boys, Boys. Oh. By Viv Albertine. And this is from 2014. Mm. Um, In the late 1970s, there was a punk group that formed called The Slits which is a fantastic name because it was an all-women punk band. Hmm. Uh, Their sound was very sort of discordant. They had crazy uh, lyrics, album covers, everything. Deeply feminist and angry. And a a band that you may not have heard of, but it's been very influential for a lot of bands to come afterwards, including Mm. Nirvana. Uh, Kurt Cobain was a big fan. Slater Kinney. uh, A lot of the Riot Girl bands, many, many bands have uh, attributed a lot mm-hmm. to the slits. So Viv Albertine, the author of this book, she was the guitarist of okay. the slits. And this memoir talks about being a girl in a man's world. She grew up in London, uh, very poor, not a lot of prospects, uh, but she loved music. And she was especially obsessed as she got older with female musicians at the time, uh, Patti Smith, Chrissy Hind, that kind. Um, the title of the book comes from what her mom said she would always hear from her. Oh, you're just talking about clothes, 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 music, 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 boys, boys, boys. Ah. She, uh, Viv, drops out of art school and resigns herself to, well, my path is I'm just going to be a groupie. I love music. I'll be around the music scene. I'm going to be a groupie. She commits to that, commits hard, doesn't pull any punches from describing that in the book which is fantastic yeah just owning that is in and of itself terrific yes yeah she uh, ended up dating mick jones for a while from the clash oh so uh she also while she was doing this though she saw a punk starting to develop around Mm -hmm. this time she loved how raw it was how so many people it was obvious just got up there didn't have a lot of musical training uh, and just went for it with like pure energy and just sort of guts. And she's like, you know what? I could do that. I could mm-hmm. totally do that. So she gets a guitar. She starts teaching herself as much as possible. Um, along the way, she's making friends with Sid Vicious of later Sex Pistols fame. And she wow. starts her first band with Sid. She also starts wearing a very specific aesthetic uh, of clothes that then goes on to inspire punk fashion. Like some of the things we now attribute to punk, you know, the clothespins and all that kind of stuff. That was all, it was her. It was her starting this. Then she meets the women who will form the slits with her. And she goes on tour as a rock musician, as women, and they get, as you might expect, all sorts of shit oh, while they're yeah. on tour. They get imagine. shit from other musicians, mostly male, of course. Um, they get shit from male fans. Uh, but they take that and they run with it and they kind of uh, funnel it into their music. And there is a song of theirs that I love so much. I named one of my stories after it. And here's just a s- tiny snippet of some lyrics of it. It's called Typical Girls. Mm-hmm. And typical girls get upset too quickly. Typical girls can't control themselves. Typical girls are so confusing. Typical girls, you can always tell. 
Typical girls don't think too clearly. Typical girls are unpredictable. It goes on like that. Everything you hear. For quite a bit. Yeah. And it's fantastic. So the book, you know, she writes about her time with the slits. Um, The second half of the book talks about life after uh, Mm. music and after the band. She uh, acts for a while. She gets married. It turns out to be not a great marriage. Um, She gets cancer. She suffers from struggles with depression. And at some point, she starts making music on her own again. Mm. So it's a a very kind of full picture of a life. I chose it for this theme, though, because she's... She was taking on a very male role at the time, Mm -hmm. especially in a very male sort of music. You know, it was very much driven by men at the time. And just kind of saying F you to everybody else. And what I love so much is that she emphasizes how much she saw other musicians being like, oh, I'm not great at this, but I'm going to try. And she's like, well, if they can do that, I sure as hell can do that, which I don't think women do that enough. We don't allow ourselves to be not perfect. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, you know, fuck that. I'm going to do this. That's amazing. I know. Because I think that it, it's criticism. You know that you're yes. already going to be up against criticism exactly. because you're a female. And mm-hmm. so it feels like it has to be perfect. Otherwise, you're, you have no chance. Right. And so I wonder, like hearing her story, how many other women uh, disqualified themselves mm-hmm. from trying this, from trying punk music, from trying other music, just because they didn't see themselves up there. Yeah. They thought they had to be perfect. And yeah, but she was able to kind of move past that. Um, She prioritized herself and her music above uh, the men she was dating, which is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, And she blazed a trail for both male and female musicians afterwards. So it's uh, it's a fantastic story of a very specific time, um, a very specific genre of music. Even if you're not huge into punk, I think you would enjoy this as well Mm. uh, because she's a good storyteller. And I mean, just, you know, committing to being a groupie. I was like, get it. That's get it, girl. great. Yeah. Do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, don't worry about being perfect. Get up there. Teach yourself guitar. <laughs> Treat yourself to a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that, that, you know, some of that stuff attributing like punk fashion and that to her. That's amazing. I, I didn't either. And I, I knew of the slits when I chose this book, but I didn't know a ton about them. And mm-hmm. so I, I learned a lot. It was, it was really cool. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. I love the title. I love uh, that she committed close, close, to that. Close, close. Music, music. Boys, 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 boys. Yep. Well, uh, I brought an essay collection by Samantha Irby, who mm. I have recommended before. Very early on, I recommended her um, We're Never Meeting in Real Life. Mm-hmm. But this one is called Wow, No Thank You. <laughs> this was published. <laughs> I've in- seen this cover every, and every time. Like, that's a beautiful title. Yeah. It's just perfect. It's so great. Yeah. Wow. No, no thank you. you. And it was published in March of 2020. Uh. So just at the heart of everything exploding, terrible time for a book to come out. Um, But because it's Samantha Irby, I mean, everyone should buy it. Mm -hmm. She's so great at self-deprecation for the purpose of making a point. And it's funny and it's relatable and you just can't stop reading. So... This one, it's kind of some new topics um, because she's now married and living with her wife and stepchildren in the Midwest. So a lot in her life has changed over the course of her essay collections. So this one covers marriage, friendship, adulting, like a million other things that you can relate to. But the difference for me with her as an author is I think she does such a brilliant job of putting into words what everyone's feeling but do it in a way that makes you laugh. Like mm-hmm. at the same time you feel seen, you're also cracking up. And you're like, yeah, that's it. I just oh, never thought of it that way. Yeah. One of my favorite essays that she wrote in there is basically a written mixtape. Like if I was going to make a mixtape, this is what it would be. And oh. it's all 90s songs. Oh. Like it's from her. She's kind of telling the story of her life during that time. Mm-hmm. And so many gems that I had to go make my own playlist of those songs because then they were just playing and I had to, and it was great. Some of the ones on there and her reasoning for it is like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a trash song, but I loved it too. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so great. That was one of my favorite um, essays in the whole collection. There's another one too about how much decision-making it takes to keep social engagements like i'm supposed to go to dinner tonight and the hour by hour process oh God, yes. of breaking down like am i gonna go am i not gonna go is it worth it and the panic that starts to set in like oh god the time is running out i have to make a decision yes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she talks about, like mm. what has to happen at each of those times so terrific um i brought two quotes that i love and that'll help explain why i picked it for this theme the first one is 
first of all, why would you ask a man anything is beyond me. (laughs) (laughs) And the second one, hello, 911? I've been lying awake for an hour each night reliving a two-second awkward experience I had in front of a casual acquaintance three years ago for eight months. Oh, Which is, that's exactly why I picked life. it. Yes. Yeah. Because it's a woman who knows who she is and owning it, you know, mm-hmm. and that it doesn't mean that she's doing everything perfectly or she doesn't still struggle, but she knows who she is and mm-hmm. she's putting it out there and she might second guess everything, but that's what all women do. Yes. We're all doing our best and just hoping that we haven't screwed up too much. Yeah. Does it say where in the Midwest she lives? Somewhere in Michigan, I believe. Oh, yeah. I was going to say. I know. If she was close, we could, you well, know. Well, that would have already been done. Yeah. Yeah, we would make you this happen. had to bail me out. <laughs> I showed up and be like, can you sign all my books? Three times. Um, isn't, uh, she's close friends with Lindy West of yes. Shrill. Because mm-hmm. I often delight in seeing exchanges or, or things between them on the socials. And if you don't remember, um, I mentioned it before, but she got her start because she started an entire blog where she breaks down Judge Mathis episodes every day and it is if you haven't read it i mean she starts she's like the original you know hilarious blogger if you haven't read it it's worth it she still does it it's hilarious and if you like that you're gonna love her essays Mm because they're even better i mean on a whole nother level so terrific and a delight Mm -hmm. so and just for the title wow no thank you it's just that's 2020 that's Mm -hmm. a title for 2020 Mm -hmm. And I do remember, is there a bunny or something? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. the one on the we're never meeting in real life was that real scraggly cat that oh, she yeah. had. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And then there was another book, Meaty, with like a hedgehog or something. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Hedgehog uh-huh. or porcupine. I can't remember I which one. I like the theme that she's got going. I know. Yeah. The covers are great. So good. And yeah. Just tremendous and so relatable and everything's hilarious. So I guess that's one good side effect of 2020 is there's been less plans to agonize over and cancel. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was wondering when I was reading that essay if I, I was trying to think ahead, like, is my feelings about that going to change? Like, oh, once yeah. I have plans, is it going to feel so exciting that it's like, oh, I'm not going to have any of that dread anymore? Hmm. Or have I ruined myself forever and I will never be able to actually get to the end point? Oof, it might be a toss up. I know. Because I predict maybe like, you know, once there is potentially a uh, sort of agreed upon like, okay, we're we're mm-hmm. feeling in the clear. We can try this again. We might be so excited for a good month or so yeah. that we'll burn ourselves out. Like, yes. oh, just plan after plan after yes. plan. And then Stack like, that week. And then you're oh, like, oh, dear God, how did I do this before? This is why I didn't want yeah. to do this before. Yeah. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have no more things to say. Well, maybe it'll help us to, to weed out, too, and say, yeah. I'm only going to do one thing a week. <laughs> okay i i already have a dinner this week the rest of the dinners are by myself i'm Ooh, sorry and then we can almost start a competition like which one of you am i gonna choose yeah. this week who's making this better i only got one slot mm-hmm. so better pick yep just saying <laughs> yeah. i like it mm-hmm. well, that sounds great it is it's yeah. really it's wonderful it's worth it i i know uh she's a rare double author pick but She's worth it. That's fantastic. We mm-hmm. start. We need to sort of count up how many double author picks now we I have. I know. They should We've get a couple. The, their own like special Ooh. board or something. I Grab don't know. Grab one on Yeah. Got Samantha Irby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Britt Bennett. Araminta Hall. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Britt uh-huh. Bennett. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There's probably more. But. Sarah Vaughn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've got a lot of double picks. I do. You you fall in love with an author and you stick with them. I do. I follow you. If I fall in love with you, I follow you. That wasn't meant to be as creepy as it sounded. Let's clarify. Not physically follow. No, I just, I follow. Like when a new book comes out, I am here for it and I will be on it and getting it. Not at your house. I'm not following you. I don't know where you've been or if you have COVID. I'm not following you, but... But I wonder when COVID is done, if you will um, resume your stalking type behaviors. I mean, like there's no excuses anymore. Like right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Or if if I had a long enough time out that it's made me second <laughs> guess <laughs> some behaviors. Oh, so, so many things to determine in 2021. Hopefully, so many things. Yeah, going to be all kinds of new. <laughs> well, pop culture this week. Mm-hmm. I chose a podcast, mm-hmm. and this was actually suggested to me by one of our 
dear friends and listener, Maggie. Ooh. Ooh. Maggie. Yes. Shout out to Maggie. Maggie. Yeah, which, by the way, when we do that, it sounds like a made up person. It really? Does. It sounds like we're like, she's an actual. Let's pretend no, that this person, we're friends with This is an actual Maggie. human being. It is. I can and we can confirm. For you, which doesn't help in this case. <laughs> I was going to say, how am I can prove this? She's been in my house. That doesn't prove anything. I've seen her. It doesn't, doesn't prove anything. Prove anything. <laughs> She follows us on social. She does. I don't know if I want to. Well. No, I don't want. Oh, no. We're just making this worse. I know. Uh, but Maggie, she's a real person. She's we a swear. real. Just believe us. She's a real person. <laughs> we have friends. <laughs> People tell us stuff. Okay. <laughs> Maggie's going to be like, I don't want to hear this anymore. I'm going to unsubscribe. I'm never telling you anything <laughs> to do again. Ever. She is out. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, I'll stop <laughs> talking about Maggie. It's not she moved, but it's fine. <laughs> So our existing actual person listener, Maggie, mm-hmm. recommended this podcast to me specifically because she thought I might like it. And she was correct. Mm. Um, it's called The Ballad of Billy Balls. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the premise is this. In the late 1970s, uh, a woman named Rebecca is an actress in New York. And she meets a musician named Billy Balls. And they fall head over heels in love. Billy Balls is not his birth name. Just, right. you know, yeah, yeah okay. okay. So for seven years, they're together. Um, they're making music. They're making art. They're living together in East Village until one day in 1982, Rebecca comes home to find their apartment. The windows are blown out. Billy's gone. He's been shot seven times without explanation. His body is or he is in a hospital for 10 days. And then he's mysteriously gone and he's taken to an anonymous burial ground that she cannot find to this day. So devastating and super weird like very suspicious in a lot of ways and because of that rebecca can't really let it go yeah so for 34 years up to this point of this podcast she's lived as a widow hasn't dated anybody else to this day she's never been able to really say goodbye she's never been able to figure out like who shot him why did he disappear like was this a cover-up is there something weird going on what's Mm -hmm. going on so this show is trying to figure it out for her like really digging into this case it's a true crime podcast it's a picture of new york city in the 70s and 80s which is super vivid very visceral Mm. it's also a family story with some really deep digging into what makes family um how you can love someone and not necessarily like them Mm. and i can't honestly say much more because Mm. by the first episode there's a, a a very interesting twist and kind of an incredible tie that you don't see coming that gives this so much more added meaning Mm. so i I just recommend listening to the first episode if you're not hooked by then then you won't be okay that's all it takes um i chose it for this theme because rebecca and billy are just deeply in love they're Mm -hmm. they're trying to change the the rules through music and art um but he's he's become an ex of hers and she can't let go like the yeah just And so it lingers for so long and there's no real sense of closure Um, and the devastating effect that that has on so many lives, not just her own. Um, So like I said, just go in, you'll get sucked in by the end of the first episode. Mm. And then there's um, each episode sort of focuses on different aspects of the case and other things. There's a number of bonus episodes. It's all done. So, you know, you can binge it to your delight. The host is Io Tillett Wright. A fascinating person who has a memoir that I'll be reading soon. I follow IO oh. on social media. It's yeah, really cool. fantastic. So Sounds yeah, great. Thank you, Maggie. Real person. Thank you, real person, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> Should we start calling her that, real person, Maggie? <laughs> hey, real person, Maggie. What's up, real person? What <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> it doesn't. It's gone so far down the rabbit hole. It's making, I don't know. I think that the fact that it's so bad proves that it's correct. Exactly. Because we can't lie yeah, very well, it's, apparently. It's flipped itself. It's flipped it. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to hope for. <laughs> well, I am recommending a movie this week. Ooh. It's called The Lie. I just watched this. Okay. But I guess it originally came out in 2018. It stars uh, Mayre Enos and Peter Sarsgaard okay. as the parents of... A girl named Kayla, who is played by Joey King. The movie opens, and Kayla is supposed to be going to a ballet camp. And 
we quickly learn that her parents are divorced. They both have moved on with someone new and they couldn't be more opposite. Like the mom, Rebecca, is this very intense, successful attorney and Jay's a laid back band manager. So Mm. the people they've moved on with better mirror who they are. Um, You can kind of see right away why, you know, it didn't work out. But they end up finding out that their daughter Kayla has been involved in a horrible crime. And so they together fall down a rabbit hole of covering it up for her. And it forces them to spend all this time together and make all these decisions together. And it's twisty and it's turny and it's intense and it's crazy. And as a parent, it made you think multiple times, would you, I mean... Would you do that? Yeah. Like, how far would you go to protect your child? Yeah. So it's really interesting. I love Peter Sarsgaard. He's great. I mean, mm-hmm. love him. Uh, yeah. And Everything so, he does. Yeah. And this movie, it's, you know, there's not a lot of um, plot in the sense that it's not like, you know, scenes changing, action, all that kind of thing. It's just so much intensity and conversation. And there's so much unsaid all the time mm. that is just keeps you on the edge. And I think it's terrific. It's definitely worth it. And I picked it for this theme because, obviously, talk about an ex that won't leave you alone. No, shit. Now you are accessories in a crime cover-up together. So really, you're tied forever. And I also like it because when the movie starts, you can see that Rebecca is much more in control. Like, she's got this very successful career, but she's also, you can tell, done the brunt of the parenting. Mm. And... Which is, you know, a lot of times what happens. But in the movie, what I liked is that you end up seeing why they're both so needed Mm. for their child. And the ending will make you have some questions, but it is, it's it's good. Hmm. So without obviously revealing what they do Mm -hmm. to uh, cover up, would you do what they do to cover up? I don't, you know, Mike and I had an extensive conversation about this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh And I don't know. I Mm. mean, there's some... There were some moments that we were like, no, there were some better ways to do this. Okay. I think that at certain points it was too far gone and they were sort of too far down the path to go backwards. But there were definitely some things that you think, oh, yeah, I mean, I could see how you made that decision if you thought about what it was actually going to be like for your daughter if Mm -hmm. she was caught for this. But, you know, we also talked about the fact, I mean, she's a minor. So then you're like, well, would there be a way to to work that out? Mm -hmm. You know, and there's no doubt. And you see that pretty early on in the movie that this child needs some help. Mm -hmm. Like this has gone bad. So we talked a lot about that, too, about that seemed to almost be lost when they were in the panic of making these decisions, which, of course, it would be in a crisis time. So you kind of fall down on both sides. Like, yeah, I would. And no, I wouldn't. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Would you go uh, that route to cover up any crimes that I did? Yes. Okay, good. Hands down. Yeah, no problem. Just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All in. No worries. I was going to say, we've gone on record multiple yes. times saying yes. we will cover up each other's crimes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Maybe a better way to answer it would be that I would cover up the crime better. Ooh. I don't know that they picked the best route. See, there you go. Yeah. yeah you're mm-hmm. always doing research. Mm-hmm. For the best ways to do it in real life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did that made it sound me sound really? I'm always doing research <laughs> to see how I can get away with crimes. That's what we're gonna go on record with right now. All right, I'm gonna own that. it. Yep, yep, sure do. I am constantly covering up crimes. You got notebooks galore with notes. Every person in my life has a notebook, and I play out every crime, and if they commit them, how I would help them. So that's how you know you're wow, in. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's how you know you're you're really part that's of the circle. Know. That's yeah. how you know that I'm really the godfather. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's so many times just accidentally I think we implicate you, and especially so in many, many crimes. I just want to point out that should a crime ever occur around me mm-hmm. and there be a dateline, they are yeah. going to use this podcast. So much. There's going to be so many clips of me saying, of I will stalk them. I will find them. I r- look at true crimes. Maybe I am he's notebooks. a real person. I have all the notebooks. <laughs> yeah, all the notebooks. I will break your legs. <laughs> well, you know what? We've been doing this for a while now and nothing's come back to haunt you yet. Not so yet. I say we keep going. So keep up the good work out there, listening audience. <laughs> I haven't had to do anything. <laughs> Oh, yep. We just keep doing it. We do. Keep uh, making our listeners like Maggie happy. And <laughs> Who is a real person. <laughs> <laughs> we know she's a real person, especially because she's married to the, the chef that brings us all the tasty treats. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, now you... it sounds even weirder. What am I doing? Like Why? Not real. <laughs> what is wrong with us today? I don't know. Oh, we do have friends. I don't know why we have to keep. <laughs> People do like we, us. We have proof. We brought Heath in a few episodes That's ago. That's true. That's we have at true. least one friend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> going so well <laughs> how did it start out so great and then it's just kind of fizzled i don't I understand i think it was too much enthusiasm it about we 2020 had so much enthusiasm for the good news we got yesterday oh, and just, it's too many highs it's too many highs we don't know what to do with excitement anymore no <laughs> no no it is getting yes. dangerous Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel like Ziggy the podcast where I'm just so excited. I'm just running around yeah. and then I'm going to crash real soon. I just soon. feel like I'm in fifth grade and I'm high on pixie sticks. <laughs> I just can't handle it. And we're going to crash. But before then, we're going to say some weird stuff because. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, we're going to say some weird stuff. Which has been this episode. Which is like every fifth grade sleepover. Why did you say yes. that? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh. I feel like it's a weird time to say we'll be back next week. Because I want to hear more weird stuff. Yeah. We got it every week. We do. <laughs> in the meantime, I guess you could <laughs> participate in some... <laughs> There's no saving this. So I'm just going to say happy reading. (laughs) I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.